Hello, it's JLF and welcome to episode four. I'm so excited for this episode. It's my first laugh and learn. Yep, we are going to answer some of the more fun questions that you guys have been sending me like, why do men have nipples? Want to know the answer? Stick around. Welcome to Autobiology Bits, the podcast where you can hear real-life biology stories from a quirky maven to help you become an expert on your own biology. If high school biology had been as interesting as this podcast, you might have become a doctor. Introducing Chief Autobiologist, JLF. All right, let's get this laugh and learn started. Now, these are a little bit different from my normal episodes where I talk about one topic. Instead, we're going to talk about four smaller topics, four little questions that you all might have had and wondered about, but we're still going to learn some stuff. So stick around for the recap at the end. Let me ask you something. When is the last time you took a bath? For me, it's actually pretty recently. I was in a pretty major accident earlier this year. Man, 2020. It's not been kind to any of us for so many reasons. But unfortunately, I ended up in the hospital, and it was during lockdown and quarantine. Um, However, I was still able to have surgery, and uh, that meant I could not shower because I was in a cast, and so I had to take baths. Now... I don't know about you guys, but baths kind of actually kind of relaxing. It's kind of nice. But the problem is, after two minutes, I look down and I look like a 120-year-old pruned up, dried out mummy. Why do we get pruny hands in the bathtub? Well, people used to think, and when I say people, I mean medical people, that it was because you had uh, your epidermis had actually absorbed a little bit of water. And remember, the epidermis is the top layer of your skin. But meanwhile, the dermis, which is the layer beneath that, the second layer of your skin, didn't absorb any water. So you would get this buckling effect in the top layer, the epidermis. And so that's what would cause the pruniness. But we now know that that's not true. We now know that pruny fingers are the result of blood vessels that constrict below the surface of the skin. And this is actually a function that is tied to the nervous system. Yep. In fact, I have a couple of medical textbooks in my office that have the old explanation of pruny fingers in them, believe it or not, Uh, which is so crazy because uh, these textbooks really aren't that old. They're like 15 years old. And you, you would think that, you know, by now we would have understood the real cause of pruny fingers, something so basic, it seems. Um, But the other part of this that's so weird is that They started doing experiments in the 1930s that showed that the pruny fingers were tied to the nervous system. Now, it's Halloween. Don't want to gross you out too, too much. But yeah, so what they would do is they would sever the nerves in the finger and then do all sorts of experiments. And one of the things they found was that the fingers no longer pruned up after you severed those nerves. Now, why it took nearly 80 years for them to make that connection, I don't know. But there you have it. Now, what's so weird about that, though, is I see this all the time where we discover things and then we forget about them and then we kind of rediscover them or we 
find out that our explanation for certain things was wrong for many, 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 many years. The take home on that, we're still learning every day how the human body works and no one knows exactly how it totally works and how it differs from person to person. So no matter who you get your advice from, whether it's your doctor or your narrow girl or even your mother-in-law, just remember that their advice is only as good as their current knowledge on the topic and that changes every single day. Now let's get back to some pruny fingers. The cool thing that they also learned is that pruny fingers are likely an evolutionary adaptation. Yep, they believe that pruny fingers help us to grip wet surfaces better. Now they did these experiments where they took groups of, I'm guessing, needy graduate students and separated them into two groups. So you had group one, which had dry fingers, and then you had group two, which had pruny wet fingers. And they asked them to do one simple task, pick up a wet marble. And who do you think was able to pick up the most wet marbles? Mm-hmm, the group with the pruny fingers. But if you think about it, it makes sense. Think about tires, right? You get these brand new tires and they have these deep grooves in them, which is great because then when it rains, the those deep channels can let the water drain away, allowing the tire actually to make better contact with the damp road surface. So it's kind of the same thing. Now, what happens if you get pruny fingers, but you haven't been in the tub or in the shower or in the pool or anything like that? Well, there are medical conditions that cause pruny fingers as well, and we are just going to briefly go over those. So things like significant dehydration, because, you know, you're getting all dried up like that mummy. (laughs) Uh, Diabetes. Diabetes can damage the sweat glands, and the lack of sweat can cause dryness, which again leads to pruniness. Um, Autoimmune conditions like lupus uh, causes chronic inflammation, and when the inflammation occurs in the fingers, they can become red and pruny due to swollen glands. Thyroid disorders. Those with thyroid disorders can have pruny fingers as well as skin rashes that can cause prune-like wrinkles. And then you have lymphedema. Now, lymphedema is also known as swelling in the arms and the legs. In most cases, just one limb is affected, but sometimes it can affect both arms and legs. Now, the swelling is caused by a blockage in the lymphatic system and is usually the result of the removal or drainage of your lymph nodes during cancer treatment. The lymph fluid then isn't able to drain properly. It builds up and causes swelling, and when the swelling occurs, let's say, in your arm, it can affect the fingers and cause pruning fingers. So basically... Your arm is dehydrated, but just your arm. Uh, final one, B12 deficiency. Now, B12 is just one of the vitamins that can you that can keep you from developing pruny fingers uh, because it's it is responsible for blood formation, um, nerve function, cell metabolism, DNA production, pretty important things. And most people are not deficient in this vitamin because it can be stored in the body for several years. However, if you are a vegan or a vegetarian, you do have an increased chance of being deficient in B12 because it's mostly present in meat, um, poultry, fish, dairy, things like that. 
So that's the story of why you get pruny fingers in the bathtub. I love sparkling water. Carbonate, that's my carbonated beverage of choice. But you know what I can't stand is inevitably when I'm really thirsty and I chug some carbonated water, I get the hiccups. Yep. So what are hiccups and how do you get them? Well, fun fact, the medical word for hiccups is singletus, and it's caused by the diaphragm getting irritated and pushing air up rapidly. Now, first, what is the diaphragm? For those of you not um, in the know, uh, the diaphragm is a thin skeletal muscle, and it sits at the base of your chest and basically acts as a big separator between the abdomen and the chest. It contracts and flattens when you inhale, and this creates a vacuum effect that pulls air into the lungs. And when you exhale, the diaphragm relaxes and the air is pushed out of the lungs. So what is it that irritates the diaphragm? Well, typically it's stomach distension from food, alcohol, and like me, air. Um, it could also be sudden changes in the temperature in your stomach, um, use of excess tobacco and alcohol, which, well, that causes everything. But also excitement and stress can give you hiccups. I do know somebody once who had horrible stress hiccups, and that would just be the worst. Gosh, could you imagine trying to interview for a job and you get stress hiccups? Oof. Now, hiccups really should only last a few minutes, but sometimes they can last days or weeks. And this is usually due to some medical intervention or condition like um, like you had to get an injection of something and they did it too close to the diaphragm. Or you might have a hiatal hernia, which is a, a hernia um, in your abdomen. And then GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease. That can also give you hiccups. Now, hiccups that last longer than a month are considered to be incurable or intractable. The longest known case of hiccups, you're never going to believe this, honestly, 60 years. Oh, I feel sorry for that person. I mean... I think it's cool to be in the Guinness World Book of Records, but not for hiccups. <laughs> Sometimes doctors, though, will prescribe antipsychotics like Thorazine to treat intractable hiccups, but not, not normally. So what's your method for getting rid of hiccups? For me, it's laughing hysterically. I've uh, tried many things over the years, but it wasn't until I learned this from reading a Mickey Mouse book to my kids when they were little. Yep, many had the hiccups really, really bad. And gosh, they went through the gamut of all of the hiccup treatments known to man and nothing, nothing, nothing was working. And then all of a sudden Pluto came by and tripped Mickey and just a cascade of horrible um, drama of events happened and she was just laughing her butt off and um after she was done she realized her hiccups were gone so that's what we do in our house i should say we probably we probably use the scare tactic method first and then we go for tickling which you know usually takes care of it but uh but yeah what what do you use i'm curious other methods that uh came up in my research I'll go over them. Some of them, you know, everybody knows, like breathing into a paper bag, but really, isn't that just for hyperventilation? All right, drinking out of the cup on the opposite side. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I would just spill it everywhere. I'm a huge klutz. Uh, holding your breath. I, I guess that works sometimes. Um, 
It would be kind of like the laughing thing, because if you're laughing so hard, you can't catch your breath. So I could see that. Eating a teaspoon of sugar. I think that's just an excuse to eat sugar. That never worked for me ever. Sucking on a lemon or lime. Mm, maybe if you're like, uh, if you absolutely hate it and it makes you like gasp or something. All right. Drinking a glass of water with a straw while you plug your ears with your fingers. That sounds way too complicated for me. Pulling the top of your hair for one to two minutes. Yeah, I don't see how that would work. Placing a cotton swab in the roof of your mouth and gently rubbing. Oh, no, that sounds like torture to me. God, I hate cotton swabs in my mouth. Oh, I have like nightmares. I have a kid from getting physicals and I'm doing that. All right, the final one I have, pulling hard on your tongue. I don't get that one either. And I don't like anything touching my tongue. Ugh. All right. So yeah, so what's your method of getting rid of hiccups? I definitely recommend going the Mickey Mouse route with hysterical laughing. All right, that answers that. So do you like to cook? I, I like to cook now. I was really horrible at it when I first got married. My husband laughs at um, pretty much how horrible everything I made was. I mean, I could basically only make like a couple of things really good, which of course was the old college tuna noodle casserole. But fortunately, Blue Apron has saved my life. And, you know, no, I'm not an affiliate or anything for Blue Apron. But um, but yeah, I basically learned how to cook from them. And it's been awesome. So yeah. However, no matter what, when I cut into an onion, it is just an awful, awful experience for me. So why do you cry when you cut into onions? Well, when you cut into an onion, you release an enzyme that has this big, huge name called lacrimatories factor synthase. And if you're a word person, you know that lacrimal means basically anything to do with weeping or tears, your eyes, basically. Synthase is just, um, it's a word that means it's a type of enzyme whose purpose is to link two molecules together. So this enzyme literally is nicknamed the crying enzyme. And what's even more astonishing, which I know I'm going to be saying this in every episode, you guys, is they just discovered this enzyme a few years ago. I know, crazy. It's like we're in a golden age of discovering stuff again. All right, so what happens? That enzyme, as soon as you cut into the onion, that enzyme is released and it interacts with the amino acids in the onion by linking them together and making sulfenic acid. But the sulfenic acids, they're super unstable and they have to spontaneously rearrange to, to a more stable form which is a gas, which is released into the air. And once that gas hits your eyes, tears ensue. And that is followed by real crying when your mascara starts to run into your eyes as a result, and it super burns. Hate it. And that, my friends, is why you cry when you cut onions. All right, we've finally arrived at our last laugh and learn topic for today's episode, which is, why do men have nipples? Well, nipples on men are actually left over from embryo development. Yeah, you see, we all actually follow a female embryo template until about six weeks of age when the male chromosome influence finally kicks in if you're going to be a male, and the embryo starts to develop male characteristics. 
But what's left over from those first six weeks? Nipples and some breast tissue. So the question I know that's on your mind that you're wondering is, well, if they have nipples and breast tissue, mm, do they work? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Yes, they do. In fact, men are subject to all the potential problems that women have when it comes to breasts. They can have enlarged breasts, which is called gynecomastia. They can get breast cancer because they do have breast tissue. And here's the crazy thing. They can also produce milk. And when this happens in men, it's called galactorrhea. Now, this is usually due to another condition called hyperprolactinemia. And prolactin is the hormone that tells your body to produce milk, mostly, you know, obviously in females when you're pregnant. And it's that hormone that they call nature's birth control because it dampens the sex hormones. In fact, men who are producing milk will be infertile just like women get mostly infertile whenever they're breastfeeding infants. They will also, unfortunately, have zero desire for, let's call it snuggly time. Now, how does this happen to men? Well, most often it's a brain tumor that affects the pituitary gland. But there are other reasons, such as hypothyroidism, which is an underactive thyroid, medicines, some that are given for depression, psychosis, high blood pressure, uh, some herbs even, um, called fenugreek, uh, even fennel seeds and red clover in some people. Now, fenugreek is something that I took when I was breastfeeding, actually, to increase my milk production, so that totally makes sense to me. Uh, if you have, like, an irritation in the chest wall, let's say from surgical scars or you got shingles, something of that nature, um, stress and excessive or extreme exercise can also do it too. All right. So that's your answer, folks. That's why men have nipples left over from embryo development. Now let's do a quick review of all the fun things that you learned today. First, it is now known that pruny fingers are the result of blood vessels that constrict below the surface of the skin, which is an evolutionary adaptation tied to the central nervous system in order to help you better pick up wet things or scale wet surfaces. The medical word for hiccups is singletus, and it's caused by the diaphragm getting irritated and pushing up air rapidly. The diaphragm is a thin skeletal muscle that sits at the base of the chest and acts as a separator between the abdomen and the chest. It contracts and flattens when you inhale, and this creates a vacuum effect that pulls air into the lungs, and when you exhale, the diaphragm relaxes and the air is pushed out of the lungs. The longest known case of hiccups lasted 60 years, and Mickey Mouse says to make someone laugh really hard to get rid of them. When you cut an onion, you release the crying enzyme, which interacts with the amino acids in the onion, forming a gas which is released into the air and makes you cry. Men have nipples because human embryos follow a female embryo template until about six weeks of age when the male chromosome influence kicks in. Men can suffer breast issues just as women do, including breast cancer 
an unwanted milk production, which is called galacteria. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And if you have a question that you would like featured on the next Laugh and Learn episode, go to autobiology.net and drop me a line there. Do you have an autobiology question for JLF? Ask it at autobiology.net. And keep listening to see if your question has been featured. Follow JLF on Twitter and Instagram at autobiology underscore JLF. And remember, anyone can be an autobiologist. This podcast is for information purposes only. Any of the discussions or products held herein are not in any way offered as prescription, diagnosis, nor treatment for any disease, illness, infirmity, or physical condition. Any form of self-treatment or alternative health program necessarily must involve an individual's acceptance of some risk, and no one should assume otherwise. Persons needing medical care should obtain it from a physician. Consult your doctor before making any health decision. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. The podcast host may have direct or indirect financial gains from products discussed on this podcast.